good afternoon. I hope you can hear me okay. Usual paranoia on this, but the system seems to be behaving itself. Video seems to be working. I've got my little frame around. My camera's on. Seems to be okay. So let me know if so. Um, I hope you can hear. And I'm Jack Chu. I should always uh, remind folk of that. Uh, if you're new around here, I come live at, at lunch times on weekdays. And sometimes solo more often than not with a guest with a late cancellation today and so i look at the list and i think right what have been people asking me to weigh in on recently what are the questions that have been coming in and um quite regularly i'd probably say since this show's existed the top question um especially if you pulled it over the course of a month uh, the top question is what your current thoughts on the pandemic you know uh, and that sometimes can be quite specific over Know, how do you think test and trace is going what do you think about the amount of ppe we have to wear how well do you think these things have been communicated by whatever government agencies or more professional bodies and things like that um and we've talked about various different parts of it um and then when i've then had a late cancellation i look at the list and i think well, there's still a frequency of which i'm asked that question well, what do i think uh, about the um state of affairs right now but more recently, the questions have ended up being around what's topical in this moment, which is the opening up process and procedure. People asking as to whether I think it's too fast, too slow. There's then the notion of uh, vaccine passports or the not vaccine passports, probably the wrong way of putting it, because most of the legislation that looks like it's going to be drawn up is a um, passports that or, or paperwork that would indicate that you are vaccinated or you've had a negative test and so it's kind of a covid passport would probably be the way of putting it um, or becoming a papers please uh, culture and that is where a lot of the questions have been centered recently um, and so i thought i'd weigh on on that now it becomes quite a contentious subject um, something that i i'll admit that get me on here talking about oane management of back pain setting up a service um running you know the the, the complexity that comes from from running a business how, how best to handle your marketing clinical education right much more of a comfort zone um however as a person it's someone that i'm, I'm happy to riff what would normally be in the pub over a beer uh, riff on this sort of stuff i'm passionate about that too however i admittedly don't um don't enjoy these episodes quite as much because of just the amount of pause that you know how contentious they often are now i'm just going to double check that um that i'm coming in loud and clear yeah that's uh, that's all working all right um for those that are tuning in on any group that this gets shared to so when this gets shared into any groups then one of the things that i've got to be clear on is that, that your name doesn't necessarily show on the comments so apologies to those that are sometimes confused why it shows up as facebook user um so that's something that is um, a bit of a glitch that we can work through and I have um, I have a link that I'll post uh, if I notice it happening, uh, whereby you can you can register so that you can then show your name when you put your comments together. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you if you're tuning in live um, is I want to you know I'm kind of keen to always hear about what your thoughts are on this, and and so please do share them. That's kind of the obvious thing is what what's your take on on the vaccine passports, the opening up procedures, travel restrictions, other, let's say, when the pandemic 
sanctions are lifted, what is the legacy? What is the leftover behaviours beyond June? Um, and what are your thoughts on it? So I, I am interested in that and I'm really keen for you to share those. But also, I wondered if before I get stuck into it, whether any of you want to hazard a guess as to where I might stand on it. A bit of a sense check, really, for, for how you think my what my position might be on it. Um, and I'm not going to sit on the fence on it. So it's uh, something that you will be on a, on the right lines or not. But where do you think I what would be your best guess as to where I might stand on this with regards to um, whether or not I think that that's a good idea, whether I'd be supportive of them or not. I'd be really fascinated to see if any of you want to weigh in, both with your opinion as to what your take on the matter is, but also your best guess as to mine. Uh, because you know, I'm speaking to a few people recently, and I feel like that is something that really, um, I think maybe people people see me as being having strong opinions one or another way, um, not necessarily being able to place me on something like this, which. I think it's kind of decent. Uh, I'm someone that finds myself being sort of an issue by issue person. Um, but on this, you know, I'd be fascinated to see how I'm managing to come across. So what is your take on that? You know, how comfortable are you with what is being suggested there? As I mentioned earlier, it's this notion of where, um, be that private businesses or, or, or public spaces, um, especially closed spaces in terms of public spaces that are also then uh, indoors um, requiring proof of vaccination or proof of negative test within, I think they're saying 24, 48 hours, um, and, and becoming a, a country of which producing your papers, producing um, evidence of something is uh, becomes a social norm. You know, how comfortable are you with that? What's your take on that matter? As well as then whether you feel how porous should the borders be? Um, how comfortable are you um, with, with that? How liberal should we be with regards to foreign travel? Because that becomes an interesting conversation, doesn't it? Right, regardless of vaccination rates in the UK being heralded on stuff like that, it's not always a um, not always the the end of the conversation, really, as to the rates of vaccination in the country or the likelihood of spread within the country. If we started to sort of liberalise the um, approach to borders again in the uh, in the summer, that becomes a big issue. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that. And as per usual, what I'll do is. Get your, get your comments coming in and then I'll hide the chat so that I can just riff on this and see and bring you guys in at the end. So for those for those interested, uh, of which, as I say, most questions that come in are about this. I um, I'm, I'm admittedly deeply troubled by the way that that's gone. And for two reasons, I don't like the outcome. You know, I really am uncomfortable with being a, a papers, please style country. I think that is a, a bad move. Funnily enough, even in the MSCR Manifesto for Reform, which is my think tank that we set up, we actually wrote up as part of a couple of policies. It mentioned the fact that we are a high trust society and gave evidence for why that is, right? We do have, um, we go about our lives in such a way that you're typically not expecting that a shopkeeper is going to do you out of your change, right? We, we kind of go about things and we have a culture in which we are a high trust society. And I like that. That's something that definitely I would want to try to retain. I feel that that is something that that has um, faded away, and the biosecurity that's been um, put in place. Maybe uh, the biosecurity has been the rationale for why we've sort of taken away that that individual trust or trust being able to trust each other, and therefore needing a government mandate to uh, to you know 
make sure that they are apply authority to behavior and, and make sure that there is what might have been something as simple as leaving your house became uh, illegal in some circumstances. Now, I therefore can comprehend various different parts of what's happened over the last 12 months, both in terms of the, especially the, the mad Russian panic that occurred. Uh, however, I was someone that was um, very, fairly clear as to the, the motivations behind a lot of what went on was to try to bolster the NHS as well as to try to get a grip of what was going on, understand the disease better, and also understand then how we can best understand the trade-offs between what would be security and liberty. And I just, that conversation, that mature conversation never occurred, as well as the fact that we weren't able to bolster health services. We did have come to understand the disease better, but we've not then enacted policy that would make sense in that direction. So essentially we've kind of come to understand the transmission is, is less likely surface transmission and things like that. So um, we didn't then understand the fact that that then should have altered and changed policy accordingly. Uh, instead, uh, we've, we've had fairly, fairly uh, draconian measures that have, uh, that have infringed on people's ability to move, et cetera, for a lot longer than people would have expected. As for the politics of that, we can do that in another show. I'm not going to hide away from it. You know, there's plenty to be said about what could have been done and should have been done uh, differently. Um, however, at this point in time, uh, based on the, the, the data we have, as well as the behaviours that we're uh, ex you know, seeing as the world opens back up, I say the world opens up a couple of months, I'm speaking fairly UK-centric on this, but as the UK is on its roadmap, its milestones or whatever, um, and as we start to get back into beer gardens and then into the actual pub, and, and people often, I think there's a reason people are using these sort of social milestones like that. When can I eat in a restaurant? When can I go out for a beer? When can I go out for a beer in an actual pet pub? Um, those sorts of things are really meaningful to people. And as a healthcare professional, I think it's been fascinating how underestimated those things have been. People talk a lot about social determinants of health and understanding the social aspects that surround people's pain presentations or their life experiences that are affecting their health behaviors. And, and despite that, it's clearly just been a bit of lip service and people don't think it's as important as, as other things. People have uh, clearly underestimated loneliness and, and how that would factor in the power of a, of a hug. Um, and therefore, there's never been a mature conversation about those trade-offs, uh, in my opinion, up to now. And so then, what's making me speak about this now, apart from being asked the question, what do you think about this all the time? And having an opportunity on a late cancellation today to talk about it, is that the vaccine passport situation whereby you might need to present evidence of vaccine or evidence of, of, of a you know, negative test and stuff to go into say a pub or to go into a, a, your local council library or to um, be able to live life as, as, as normal uh, as, as might resume. Those sorts of hangovers on something like this deeply trouble me. I see, I see reflections from what happened when we had things like 9-11 and we had this sort of spike in geoterrorism that, that meant that people were then um, concerned over how can we decrease the likelihood of tragic events like that happening again. And so I can therefore understand that there's then this craving of, of security and trying to tidy up certain things. But as we learned from that, from the Patriot Act and other, other circumstances whereby the infringement of liberty that comes with that security and for me, I can't comprehend the fact that that has to be, they have to come quite as well coupled as that. But often it's the suggestion that, well, um, 
in case someone's talking about a bomb plot, therefore we're going to tap your calls. So if you're not talking about anything, you're not doing anything wrong, then you've nothing to worry about. You know, those sorts of those sorts of arguments have never sat well with me. I mean, just just you know, those that pay attention to this show or know me as a person just know that, that that's sort of certainly uh, certainly I'm not someone who's, who's who's trusting enough of the state or trusting enough enough of, of human nature uh, to 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 forego uh, quite to that level as some people are, and that's something that. I see reflections of some of that behavior um, that, that occurred then, whereby just distrust and also then a really heavy handed approach to um, being able to, to tap into people's privacy. Oh, bleed away people's privacy, sorry. I feel that, that, that that's what I'm recognizing here. It feels so heavy handed to, to infer that it's worthwhile to actually uh, infringe on people's liberty like this and that, that people would then um, especially for the variety of reasons of which someone might not have been vaccinated or might not you know the the, the potency uh, if we call it that or the contagion effect of this of this virus in its current state in the in the way that things are it fascinates me uh, that these conversations are not just occurring but it feels like an increasing likelihood that that's going to be enacted and that I just don't I, I think it's it's not proportional in any way. You know, it's, this is not an Ebola outbreak. It's not to diminish it and the incredible, um, incredible uh, devastation it's had on people's lives and the disruption uh, that's, that's occurred because of it. It's, it's not to downplay. I don't need to downplay, especially on this show, we've talked about it plenty, downplay the virus. But it's not something that is then, there's no rationale that I can consider that's, that's logical to then offer a suggested disruption to a way of life to the extent that is being proposed. Like people are trying to, you know, there's plenty of people upplaying the um, the nature of the, of the virus for various things beyond its numbers. And then there's people that downplay what is being suggested by a vaccine and test style COVID passport. And I won't do either of those things. I won't overplay this as if it is a, an Ebola-like uh, issue, whereby it is something that is, as, it is, is so serious that, that therefore it could be a real extinction level event. And then there's the, but I also won't downplay what I think is a really significant disruption to the social fabric. You know, as I've, as I've uh, mentioned, for those of you just tuning in, I've mentioned a bit about how we've, we're a high trust society and, and that's got some challenges to it, um, but it's also got some big upsides. And the way in which we go about our lives, not suspecting our neighbor of nefarious acts, giving the benefit of the doubt and being that small L liberal nature of just recognizing that it's more likely that we're all in this together as, as is standard. And that, that not, not drawing arbitrary lines by then testing people on that, checking on them, um, and, and having them present, say, paperwork um, to, to enter um, buildings, facilities, being able to go about things, the drawing and stigmatizing that that can occur on for, for, for the various people, various reasons as to why they might not have either had vaccines or tests, or that they are not, um, not buying that this is a good idea. The fact that we then could end up with these two-tier systems or situations of which you've then got these uh, these um, 
I mean, it'd be quite exciting and interesting in some ways. You know, you've got these bootleg bootleg pubs in which people drink where they've not had to present papers and stuff like that. And just imagine what we're what we're suggesting there is that you get the the heavy heavy hand of the of the state turns the police up at a, a venue that's that's serving serving beer to otherwise well adults that are consent that are consenting to it and willing to pay the appropriate tax for it, but they just happen to have not. Um, presented their paperwork for for a vaccine and uh, or or a test. It just for me, it's a, it's a, it is something that just seems farcical. Now, it's worth me saying that there's various things that I think are, are silly uh, that go on. There's plenty of them, I and mean, I can whinge about a number of different things that can go on. Um, but would this, you know, how how bothered am I? Right? What would this motivate or animate me to do? I think if the worst of what is being suggested occurs and we end up in a situation where we create a sort of biosecurity state that I think hasn't got an appropriate rationale to it, we've not got a plague level event of which um, something like that, you could vaguely comprehend it being necessary for our survival. Uh, I also and, and also it's not being done in any sort of uh, sensible and shrewd and light touch way of which is likely to be a, a moment in time rather than a uh, an infrastructure that is then going to need to sing for its supper for a long period to come. If I, you know, because those things just aren't occurring, this is something that I think is, is, is clumsy, it's irrational, it's unfair, it's unjust, and it's also going to have a legacy that then really uh, makes massive imprints on what is the world and society of which I'd want to live and want to promote and want to champion and influence, um, is that in, at its, in its, especially in its worst form, or even as is kind of what looks like is going to happen, it will animate and motivate me in various different ways. Now, that is something that will make me more political, not just as a person, as a commentator, but I will get stuck in. Right? That, that is something that's like, right, my, my tinkering around the edges with musculoskeletal reforms or trying to influence uh, health education for people's better knee pain. I'm still, that's my day job. Right? I'll still get stuck into that. But what I'm meaning is, it sounds dramatic, but essentially the, the, the biggest fish to fry becomes the one-way infringement on liberty based on notions of security. That's a, that's a, a far bigger deal. And uh, so you certainly will, you know, um, it depends how the cookie crumbles. You know, there's still lots of uh, things that need to occur. I'm not going to be dramatic enough to say, you know, that line has been overtly crossed already. I mean, as someone that likes to get all the cards on the table and talk things out and, and talk about things uh, whereby you then are able to weigh up the sensible trade-offs, you know, I'm already disappointed and despondent about just how poor the debate and discussions have been. Um, however, you know, the, what conclusions are being drawn from it and the fact that there's a lack of, a lack of voices actually standing up for that, uh, that other side of things and, and actually applying sensible caution, uh, you've, just got, you've just got no one really being able to explain as to, or even the proponents of stuff like this aren't necessarily saying, look, this is us, these are the trade-offs that we're accounting for and here's our rationale for why it's still worthwhile. You know, they're not even having to do that, right? It's just more of a, um, this is what you've got to comply with in order for us to yeah, allow you to exist anywhere near what was what was normal pre-pandemic. And then so one of the questions I've asked myself is what, beyond once once we're, we're opened up and once we've lifted what are overt COVID sanctions that have been occurring for the last 12 months, what sort of legacy and hangover from that would be acceptable for me? And there are certain circumstances whereby I can so understand there being ongoing needs and ongoing management of, of, of certain things. But, but I can't think of a reason as to when I would be, you know, obviously 
with this virus, right? Not not considering other other variants, other viruses, other other circumstances, that the the behaviour of the disease is different. But in this, I just think we need to create infrastructure to understand how we can best live with it, and then try to aspire to rebuilding society in the image of what was, because what was was certainly it had its problems, and I was always going on about them to some extent. But there's plenty of plenty of good of it, right? There's plenty of history that came before there's plenty of learning that's occurred that, that had tidied things up and also there's just no consensual mandate that's occurring for this sort of behavior I mean, it's a fascinating thing that we've got this one party state at the moment where you've got you've got an opposition that's not opposing um you've got a uh, first past the post system that means it's very difficult to enact political change like that and so this seems fascinating to me uh, just how how one way the conversation is never mind the traffic on policy so um so yeah it's something just to give you an idea you know if it's something that is um going to continue in this vein and the conversation is going to continue in this vein and that's certainly something that will animate me um, and, and probably be, be more be more politically involved admittedly than i would as a as a otherwise relative bystander uh, which is for much probably to the pain of my friends and family who think, oh, could he be any more political anyway? Which, yeah, yeah, probably I, you'll see, you'll see that I can. Um, because, yeah, I do, I, do um, I am really concerned. I think probably more so, I've not talked about concern and worry too much. Um, I've had other things to worry about, perhaps. Um, but the main thing has been that I, I feel like I've, I've been observing the... Um, there's been some really concerning features across the across the pandemic, but there's just been a massive amount of incompetence that's occurred that then um, has led to us needing to climb out of this in a weirder way than we would have expected. And here we are, though. Uh, this is something that seems, if not nefarious, then certainly clumsy beyond measure. And, and incompetence can't then lead to us living in a police state. It just seems so bizarre. Um, and a major a major infringement on people's abilities and liberties to make their own choices and, and choices for their families and stuff. And the consequences and social sanctions that would land on people that made other decisions just seems fascinating. Um, and I, I just don't think he's, I don't think he's okay at all. Um, so David Poulter, this is interesting, he said uh, the UK already has checks like automated car insurance and tax, most watched by cameras, is this different? Well, the most watched by, by cameras is certainly something I'm not, not best pleased with either. Um, so that's something I wouldn't go away, but I don't think it, the analogy of, um, of car insurance and tax um, would, be a, would be a problem. Um, uh, sorry, he's, he's, a, he's a fair, a fair cross-analysis. Um, the checking on something like that and then the option to, you can say, well, if you don't want to insure it, you can not have a car, right? In this instance, you can't participate in society uh, is what is being suggested, right? If you don't comply with these standards, the, the opt out of then saying, right, if you have, a, if you have a moral problem with car insurance and you choose not to, or car tax, and you choose therefore not to drive, then you're opting out of, of a feature of, of that, of which many people do. Um, but it's not the same as then being that you can't you can't participate in in, in society, um, in, which is what is being proposed. You think about what what people would and wouldn't be able to access under this scheme, from what I can gather. And this is why, as the detail emerges, I'll refine my position. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that analogy carries, to be honest, David. And I do think it's therefore significantly different, unless it's not different, right? Unless it isn't something like that, of which then that, that requires a me tidying up and explaining my position slightly differently. So yeah, where do you guys stand on this? Are you bothered? Uh, is it something that animates you? Is it something that you feel passionate about? I noticed that uh, my old mate Ben Metcalf, he said hi uh, earlier on the chat. Um, so I'm just noticing some, some friendly faces there. 
Uh, so do let me know as to what your thoughts are on this and, and whether this is something that you, you're bothered about. Does it surprise you that I'm bothered about it? I'm, I'm interested, um, certainly interested in what your thoughts are. And I know that it will inspire future conversations. And that's what usually happens on this show and beyond. Now, what, what does it mean in healthcare? That's one of the questions that's come in. Thank you, Sandra, for sending that. Um, what, do you, what, what, am I, what would I be happy with in healthcare? I'm still interested in, in seeing what would occur in terms of what PPE people would expect us to wear, et cetera, ongoing. Um, I find that interesting. But the main reason is that I think it's really silly if there's a precautionary principle that means that we end up wearing masks for a long time in physiotherapy. Um, if it's then much like as I occurred in various different times in, in hospitals, in intensive care units, or people that are particularly immunocompromised, then PPE is a, is a, is a standard thing. If they then extend that into sports and MSK injury for an extended period beyond the pandemic, I think that, again, people are missing out on understanding what it is that you lose when you are enforce those sorts of measures. And, and for me, the mask is you know, the, the fact that you can't read your patient and they can't read your facial expression means you're taking 10, 20 percent off the top of that interaction all the time. Um, and you therefore not you're compromising the care delivery on something that is already fraught with challenges you know um, the, the ability for us to appropriately scale the function of of people's lives as they come to see us with their sore bits is already a challenge right it's what i talk about on this show and beyond it's my whole project is to raise standards in our industry and it's already difficult when you when you're then asking us to do that behind a mask i think it's being underestimated how much that is compromised I think that video technology is really helpful for that. I've said to people before, particularly when it's a complex case, complex third or eighth opinion that I'm seeing. Sometimes I'd rather do the subjective history at, uh, over a screen so that I can be without a mask than to do it in person with a mask. Uh, that does change with regards to an objective assessment. It is better in person, in my opinion. And the care delivery, depending on them, can be then split between two functions. But I think that then when asked, as I have been here, what what would I be happy with in healthcare is that, you know, the, the hygiene standards that we should be held to anyway, that should be a given and, and probably, you know, they've been, it's been, un that's been too unchecked in my opinion and various different governance level policy style uh, understanding as to what you can do practicing in healthcare in the UK. I think that's somewhat unregulated, but when it comes to individual behaviors is that I think we need to get, we need to get back to, to me being expected as a clinician to maintain good hygiene, patients expecting uh, to not have to wear masks and for their clinician to be in visors and bibs and gloves and stuff as soon as possible. Um, and so I think if then the precautionary principle means that for the rest of this calendar year, as we do now, patients come in and we have to wear a mask, a gown and gloves, et cetera, I think is really silly, really clumsy. And it also hyper-medicalizes something that we need to try and demedicalize a little bit. I need to get back out into the community. I need to go to people's gyms and pools with them and be treating them in the community, going out for a walk with them, going for a run with them and getting involved in things more hands-on in what there is their normal day-to-day. -day. Whereas at the moment, it's kind of being contained to clinic rooms, which is something we were trying to grow out of. And I think that that's something that we need to make sure that we we don't succumb to making those sorts of mistakes and just thinking, well, let's err on the side of caution and then let it let it stand forever. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a worrying a worrying principle. And also, 
one of the big things that I've not touched on uh, as much in this, but we can probably do another time, is that whilst I understand more so than I understand what we've just been talking about, I haven't got a lot of time for, and I think it's, it's been totally overplayed and not, not a good conversation being had about it. But the travel restrictions with nations that have otherwise continued to have more major problems with the virus, you can comprehend that logic as to the fact that you've got internal policies might be more liberal than external policies and the poorest of borders. But one thing to be said on this that I've, 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 yeah, is passionate, I'm passionate about is that understanding one of the best ways to understand each other cross-culturally and to decrease and inoculate against things like bigotry and prejudice and, 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 the, and the various phobias that can occur when we don't really truly empathize with each other is travel. Um, exposing yourself to that and coming to realize it and being in a different country and realizing that they're going through what we're going through. There is an experience that is to be human that is far more relevant to our place of origin, our race, our creed. You know, those things matter less travel is incredibly important to that and i think that therefore a more nationalistic restriction on borders even in the guise of biosecurity is something that i think is another really silly mistake that we could continue that we could end up making or continue to make um and that although you can you can at least draw a line of logic um between those things I just don't think that's it's, that it's wise for those to continue for a moment longer than they need to. So that's enough for me. A um, bit of a soapbox one, uh, to be honest, and I definitely would love to chat about this more with you all. Thanks for those that have commented and contributed and those that have baited me into this uh, over recent weeks by submitting your questions. Um, really appreciate the chat. We've got an interesting one that's probably not you know, it's, it's adjacent to this conversation at the very least with Ashri Singh tomorrow, who's talking about BAME he hesitancy for vaccines in the BAME community, excuse me, BAME community. Uh, I've just had a question, last thing, which is a valid question um, from, from Sam. He's asked, have I had the vaccine? Yes, I have, yeah. Um, as a healthcare, a health professional, I think I was with him in the first, the first batch. And, um, you know, it's something I gave plenty of thought to. Uh, but yeah, I had, I had my vaccine. I can't remember what which one uh, but yeah I had, uh, I had the vaccine and so yeah my my opinions on this aren't necessarily being fueled by um the fact that i'd be um, one of those people that would be kept out of the pub yeah that's irrelevant actually to my argument on this uh, but yeah fair question thanks so much as ever for your time guys i'll see you tomorrow and uh, another great show planned on friday with oh no i haven't it's good friday isn't it brilliant right so i'm off on friday so yeah enjoy me and ashering ashery tomorrow uh, and then i'll see you next week all right, all the best. Oh, I've clicked the wrong button. Where's my fancy video gone? There we go. See you tomorrow.